America! And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? We knew that despite all the diplomacy and the handshaking and the rhetoric, to build a really better world sometimes means having to tear the old one down. I told you, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't negotiate. Hydra created a world so chaotic that humanity is finally ready to sacrifice its freedom to gain its security. Hello and welcome to Two True Freaks. This is the first episode of Commentary Catch-Up Month. My name is Scott Gardner and joining me as always is my very best friend, Chris Honeywell. Hi there. <laughs> Put some of this commentary ketchup on your cheeseburger. <laughs> now, we're not talking about ketchup, of course. We're talking about catching up on uh, some things that we uh, just kind of let slide last year, unintentionally, of Elected. course. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this is the first one. We're going to be covering Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and, of course, uh, some other things that we uh, missed last year as well. We're going to be doing those in subsequent weeks. So, we'll be doing also uh, X-Men, Days of Future Past, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, yes. and Guardians of the Galaxy. So, uh, and it just you got anything? Puts in, in, into uh, perspective, what a great genre year last year was. Oh, oh yes. my God. Yes, this you know, last year was was one of the best years in in thirty years and, for just how this, many great ones came out. And with two thousand fifteen shaping up to be potentially better, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's it's or crazy. at least as good. Yeah, at least as good. But it's it's yeah. crazy, the the intensity and the the number of really good genre movies, and you know we got to see them all last year. But just the grind of putting out the regular shows, we just were not able to... I think Scott 2.0 and I put out a couple maybe five-minute freaks after we went to see him and we're gorging ourselves at Five Guys. But right. not a real, you know, not a real, like, that was, like, right out of the movie, not a real dissection of it. And, and, ah, and this is great, too, because now at the beginning of 2015, I'm, 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 I think all of these movies... Um, of the 2014 movies are all a second watch from the theater for me. So I'm I get to revisit movies that I enjoyed the hell out of. Spoiler. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the the two that, uh, you know, while we're doing our confessionals here, the two that I have rewatched the most would be this one and Guardians. Uh, actually, uh, to be honest, I have not rewatched dawn since seeing it in the theater so yeah, i'm very I, anxious to see that one again bec because i'm not sure how it's uh, how it's going to hold up for me a second time around and uh 
Days of Future Past, I have watched, I think, twice since I've seen oh, it in wow. the theater. And, uh, and that one, you know, it still pretty much maintains the, the, the same rating I gave it originally. So uh, I don't want to spoil anything on, you know, my feelings on any of them. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think it just yeah, it speaks a lot that this one and Guardians are the two that I, I keep coming back to the most. Um, I really uh, I enjoy this movie quite a bit, although I do have some issues with it. So I'll be uh, I'll you know share some of those feelings along the way as well. But uh, are we pretty much ready to dive into this, or uh, did you have anything before we jump right in? I think I'm ready to go. It's a All nice right. long two hour fifteen minute movie. So yeah. anything we got to say about it, it's not like it's. 20 years old too so we don't have an origin story <laughs> right no i'm the only origin story i've really got is uh you know i went to see it when it came out so yeah. theater last year yep i was in the theater for this one this one came out in april so this was a nice little birthday just present about a year old boys, so. yeah yep all right so you know the drill guys we are paused right on zero zero at the movie uh beginning here so we're gonna do a three two one countdown and press go and uh, we will start this uh bad boy right up so chris do you want to do the honors on this yay all right three two one go all right we are a go for captain america the winter soldier now had you read any no. of Brubaker's okay. No, I, 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 it's you can pretty much assume for the most part until they do the Howard the Duck or, or you know, like I think it's hard to say because I was just gonna say I, I could go into the Fantastic Four thinking, but that was like 30 years ago. Fantastic Four, I'm really right. not up on any of the modern, you know, in the last decade stories, uh, and maybe even some of these stories might even be more than a decade old, but they're still, you know, pretty recent. What's really ironic, I think, is that the, the Marvel movie that I would consider myself the most up on going into it would strangely be guardians. The one that as a kid, I would have had the absolute least interest in right. was right. the one that I was the most up on. I love this opener here. I think this is a wonderful little opener. I like the callbacks to this is a completely different composer for this movie. This is Henry Jackman, who is uh, one of my new favorite composers. Uh, but there are some nice callbacks in here to Alan Silvestri's score for the first movie, the Captain this, America, yeah, the this, first Avenger. This is a different kind of sound. This is a really, very different, yeah. really aggressive soundtrack. Yeah. It has a lot of really loud parts and then like really quiet parts, you know, where, where it'll almost go off to nothing. It's very, very kinetic and exciting. It's growing on me. When I first heard it, I'll be honest, I wasn't crazy about it because there's parts of it I really, really like, like the boat attack that's coming up and, you know, the more traditionally scored pieces. But then there's a lot of very experimental stuff uh, in the Winter Soldier attack sequences that have grown on me over time. But when I initially heard them, I'm like, wow, this is really just a lot of screeching. I don't care for this, but I see where he was going with it. And I, I don't think that it's fair to criticize him being experimental when I'm, you know, so in love with, say, the original Planet of the Apes by Goldsmith, which right. was nothing but him just experimenting, you know, playing with sound. Yeah, exactly. I love the the screeches in here. They, I think they might have overdid it a little too much. A little bit, yeah. When they, sh whenever they show him, you know, establish him in a scene, you hear that screech. 
but it's mm-hmm. a neat little thing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's really fun. I I I love this little sequence. It's so just. Yeah. It's so. Indicative. I like that he's got Star Wars crossed off the list. So Cap's seen Star Wars. And and it's what's been missing. It's what Marvel understands a lot better than you know people have been getting you know before this. Right. These character moments. He's just this oh, this little absolutely. interaction between the two people. It it keeps the plot going forward, but you know you feel like you know you you feel like you like that guy. You know you. Like I was just gonna say. I think it's amazing that here we are three minutes into the movie. This is pretty much all we'll see of Sam for quite a while. Right. Three minutes into the movie. And I like. I want to see more of him. I'm. Yeah. I'm, I'm. You know. I'm ready for the. It's not just introducing a new character so you can throw him into the suit. Right. He's 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 a appealing person to, and he has a good rapport with Captain America. I really could have lived without them doing this particular costume for Captain America. This was a very modern costume in the comics at the time, or rather, they had just come out of this era of costume and. I kind of appreciate what they were going for, more of a kind of cap stealth outfit. Holy shit, Mike Judge? Every time I see that, I think that Batrock looks like Mike Judge, doesn't he? Yeah, he does a little bit. (laughs) Um, You know what's funny about this movie is this movie is almost like a, it's almost like a a mini Avengers movie with all the characters that they, they managed to throw into this one. I mean, this has a lot of characters from, you know, all the previous uh, Marvel movies. Because you've not only got Cap, of course, you know, you've got the Widow, you've got Jasper Sitwell, Nick Fury, and Maria Hill, and they, they, Samuel Stearns, or not Samuel Stearns, but Senator Stearns. What'd you say? Iron Man gets mentioned anyway. Mm-hmm. Brought up at, at least. And he's one of the targets too. At the end, when they're when they're showing the list of all the targets that the aim weapon's gonna or a hydro weapon rather is gonna take out, he's on the list. It's a great scene. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> it's a nice piece of music right here. This is a really good sequence. Well, I love how they're able to. Now, it's funny because the build-up to this movie was, um, and I'm gonna make kind of an argument that sounds unappealing to this, but I'm I'm saying this is the Dark Knight movie of the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where, but but it's a successful one because it was like okay, we're gonna give it some yeah. more grit. You know, this one right. wants to tread the the line it's actually a line between three places between a comic book movie between re, you know sort of gritty realism and between Ow. an uh spy <laughs> story you know a, an Ow. intrigue story espionage tale and it does it Ow. and it's it is Ow. grittier than the normal marvel movie it's more serious and gritty but it doesn't do that it doesn't sacrifice the character moments and the lighthearted moments and the humor and the fun. Ironically, 
that's ultimately my issue with this movie. And this is going to sound strange because I really like this movie a lot. I really enjoy it very much. My ultimate issue with this movie, though, is because it is a much, much darker take. And, I, you know, I see what you're going for. I, I think if I interpret you correctly, you're saying that this is basically Dark Knight done right. And I'll, I'll agree with that. I, th I think that's a pretty good assessment. My issue with it, though, is that they have a I darker tale without been... darkening the character. True. Yeah. Although, very much. So. I was I, that the most shocking scene was just a couple seconds ago. I think of Captain America where he, uh, where he uh, nailed the guy's hand to the wall with a right. I was just like, well, oh, that's a little violent for Captain America, but hey, you got to do what you got to do. Ultimately, my, my major issue with this, and it's no fault of the movie as the movie stands. I think the movie's great, but I wish that this was the third adventure. I don't like that they went immediately from classic Captain America in World War II to modern like day. the most modern story that there's been, you know, the most modern classic, you know, and I use classic very loosely in this in this case, the, the Winter Soldier story. I mean, they skipped... You know, all those years of, of Cap stories, they're, they're, you know, I'm sure that they could have mined something or come up with something, you know, just as, as entertaining and innovative and everything as these two movies in between. So I just, I wish that we had gotten one more, you know, classic Captain America adventure before we decided to go immediately to the very dark place. And, and especially with Winter Soldier. I know that's kind of a weird criticism, but that's that's what bugs me about this is that they went immediately from the World War II story to the most modern of the modern stories and, and nothing in between. And so I, while it is a great movie, it's very entertaining and it's and it's rather dark while still being faithful to Cap, we lose a lot of that fish out of water stuff that I enjoy so much and really, really wanted to see more of in this film. We get a couple little minutes of it. You know, we get the thing with him keeping the notebook and a couple little moments here and there. But overall, it's pretty much swept under the rug like, yeah, yeah, he's up to speed now. And it's right. like, well, I would have liked to have seen that getting up to speed process, not just being told, yeah, yeah, I'm up to speed now. Well, I, you know, I mean, they have to they have to make sure that all these movies fit in with each with all their you know brother and sister movies mm -hmm. so you know i mean i it's it's awesome how much work they've done in the long term thinking out of this but they would they you know to, they would have had to set sat down in like story meetings outside of each individual movie and say all right, what storylines do we have for all these characters and how can we get them so we can make all these movies mesh in with each other? And, you know, and when we have an Avengers movie, make sure that the Captain America in that Avengers movie is in the right place, you know, and all that. I mean... I like that this guy comes running up here in a moment because it solves the question for me of, is everybody on this ship deaf? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but yeah, they must have made so many sacrifices of good stories because they just probably couldn't figure a way to, um, to fit them in, you know, to the larger, larger storyline. Well, I make no secret of the fact that I think that between the two companies, Marvel and DC, when it comes to their movies, 
there's one move, you know, there's one company that's doing it very right. And there's one company that's doing it very wrong. And I think the problem with the DC movies is especially the move that they're about to make with, you know, you've just had your first superhero movie and now you're going to immediately try to move to Justice League in order to compete with Marvel. Whereas the Marvel movies have felt very natural in their progression with starting with Iron they Man. They took years and years and, and yeah, years. Yeah, took and years. years and they built to it. They didn't just go from, okay, Iron Man's a success. Let's just have the very next movie be the Avengers. And I like that progression. Yeah. This well, to me was the first, I won't say stumble, but this was the first instance where I went, eh, maybe you're moving a little fast. Can you give me a little bit more before you jump to this place? But I don't want to spend too much time on that because it is a minor criticism. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of the movie as the movie stands. It just affects my enjoyment of kind of the universe because I would have liked to have gotten one more adventure in between. This fight sequence, by the way, I thought was beautifully choreographed. This is really good stuff. I don't know. I don't know who this actor is, but he's probably like some famous martial artist or something. There's probably it's Mike Judge. <laughs> My only problem with this, and it's funny because this never occurred to me until uh, the other day when I rewatched it for this commentary, is that while you're watching it, it seems like, hey, these guys are pretty evenly matched. It's a good fight and all that. But then afterwards, I realized that, you know what? Cap's almost kind of a bully here. I mean, he's a super soldier. He's got this, you know, all this super strength and everything. And when he beats the crap out of this guy, it's kind of unfair when you think about it. Uh, I mean, yeah, this guy's on, a this, you know, master martial artist and all that, but he knows, still. He knows what he's he's taken on Captain America. You get your ass kicked. <laughs> right. You know, learn a lesson. <laughs> so, yeah, I, don't, I mean, no, nah, I don't feel too bad for him. Captain America takes out a lot of doors in this movie. <laughs> There's a lot of doors that just get. He likes open doors. Pummeled. I do not like her new look in this movie at all. I, for one thing, she looks rather jaundiced, but the the perfectly straight hair just I don't know it loses something here. I think she looks a lot better with the curly hair she had in the earlier movies. I don't know. They keep framing her butt so prominently. I didn't even for <laughs> hair to tell you the truth. Her butt is, but is very prom they they really work her butt in this movie. Oh yes. But she's got but she's got this this body language of the way they really they really struck gold when they when they got her for the role. Because oh, she's, she's great. She's not only a good actress, but she's a good physical actress. You know, mm -hmm. she she has a whole style as the black widow in the way she moves. And I, I noticed that today oddly enough by looking at when i was preparing uh the photoshop for this and i was looking at posters and there <laughs> were all these pictures of her walking and like flipping her hair at the same time which is something she right. does and you know if if you think about a, it and look at the picture too much it looks ridiculous but now here's a continuity question so now we're establishing that S.H.I.E.L.D. has this headquarters, has this Triskelion that's right there in the heart of Washington, D.C. I thought S.H.I.E.L.D. was kind of a new thing in Iron Man. They didn't even have their name worked out mm -hmm. properly. It wasn't until the end of the movie that, that Coulson says, yeah, you just call us S.H.I.E.L.D. 
now it makes it look like it's it's established, like it's something that's been around for a while. Oh, so, it's been around. They've had time to have covert stuff right. built underground. So my question is, is that an actual continuity issue or was it just not really that well? Uh, you know, what, what's the whole story with that, I wonder? I don't know. Maybe once you have, maybe with the help of Stark, you can put up buildings really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> really complicated, insanely high-tech buildings. Samuel L. Jackson kind of owns this movie. I'm just going to say that right now. He does. He does. He's really good. They they, they just picked the... He and Scarlett Johansson just add that extra level. It's basically the, Han, the Harrison Ford effect, you know? Right. Of where they... And, and Samuel L. Jackson, I mean, he really doesn't have to do too much. He's got his Samuel L. Jackson badass role down. But... He brings it in this one. Though. Yeah, and this is like probably the ultimate Sam Jackson role, you know, because he's a big nerd. He's a self-admitted big nerd. Oh, you can tell he's having a blast with this. Yes, yeah. especially in this one. And um, you know, he got to be in Star Wars, but he's so much better <laughs> in this than he was as Mace Windu. And he wasn't bad as Mace Windu, but uh, you know, you could tell he's he's just got something to bite into and chew on in this in yep. these ones i like this scene a lot i like that little story that he just told and i like this that uh well here's where you have cap instantly you know to him the world is very black and white you know it's it, there's good and there's bad there's well, you know, well, right and saying... there's wrong and this is wrong and i like that because well you were saying in this movie that cap's pretty much up to speed but you know, there's, I mean, here's the first scene where we see that, like, on a fundamental level, he's not up to speed. And it's probably a good, it's a good thing. It's what <laughs> kind of saves the day in here. No, I, I didn't mean up to speed as far as, like, he's changed morally or anything. I right. just meant up to speed as far as, you know, cultural references and, you know, what's happened in, well, the, in the 70 years he's been asleep and that sort of thing. But I like that he is still very much you know, a, a product of his time, a product of his era. He still holds to his 1940s values. And I like that because I don't know, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I think my values are very much like his, you know, and, and I like that they're, I like that in this day and age of dark superheroes and dark superhero movies, even this one being dark, that ultimately at, you know, the hero himself is a very pure classic representation of, you know, the way I like a character like Captain America or Superman to be betrayed or, or portrayed is that no matter what the world is and how the world has changed, he himself has not, that right. he still sees the world black and white, right and wrong, good and evil. And I, I really like that with it. That's the part of this movie that works the most for me. Well, that's the difference between, and it's very funny because now I'm seeing right here a lot of um, um, parallels between, say, the character, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne and Lucian in, in the Dark Knight movies. You're killing me with the Dark Knight. Sorry, man. sorry, but I, I just can't help but see it where you have this like sort of, you know, um, metaphor for, you know, the security state or the surveillance state or, you know, the or covert government technology and stuff and um 
I love this part. And love this part. Love the scoring in this. This this is one of my favorite scored pieces of the, of the movie right here. And you have, but in this, what makes this work better is you have Captain America on one side, who's, you know, black black and white. He's I I wouldn't say he's black and white, but he has set moral principles that he's not going to waver from. Right. You know. Uh, which isn't necessarily black and white. He's he's realistic about what's happening around him, but maybe not so much black and white as right and wrong. Right and wrong, and um, you've got the um. I love the scene. I love that they got Gary Sinise for the uh, for the little kid for the museum no, for the museum <laughs> for as a little kid. You know the voiceovers in the museum are, are all yeah. Gary Sinise. I think that's very cool because he does that sort of thing in real life. Yeah, it's exactly who you would have. I mean, they, yep. it, it sounds like a, just the way they have the sound of the speakers mixed in. It's yeah, percent feels like it feels like being at a museum or at Disney or something. It's the total yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Sinise has done some stuff for Disney uh, theme parks. I think that's cool. But it, but in this, you have the Redford character who's you know morally corrupt. And you've got Captain America, who's you know right and wrong, and then you've got Nick Fury, who's all kinds of in between, in in there. I love this because this is very true to how it would be too. There'd be just a couple of people that would actually yep. sit through the movie sequence. So I love that it's accurate that it's not packed with people. Yep, yep. Well, this yeah, I I and this this too. This is great great writing here you know he sees her and then he Mm -hmm. has to go visit her and that scene is well that's a great this is a scene that i did not expect would be in this movie and i'm so glad that they found a way to work it in there's there's two scenes in this that i totally did not see coming because i tried to stay away from spoilers as much as possible going into this now is this in a comic at some point in in a storyline or something was this something they took from somewhere or they just put it no it's there's something kind of similar to it in ultimates because this owes a lot you know the the whole marvel cinematic universe owes a lot to the ultimate storyline now that you speak of that, I think that was one of the early get Chris to read a goddamn superheroes was the Captain America Ultimates. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did the Ultimates. We did that. Uh, I think we did the whole mini series of that. Right. Something I had wanted to do for the get Chris to read thing that I don't think we ever did get around to is I wanted you to read the um, issue. You know, one of the issues in the winter soldier storyline but i don't know that we ever did get around to doing that but i, I had wanted you to because i was just curious for one i was curious what you'd have to say about it but also I, I wanted us to have a discussion on the show between me you and mike uh you know just kind of discussing our feelings on the whole thing because uh you know i, I make no secret of the fact that I always thought it was a horrible idea to bring Bucky Barnes back from the dead. I just I think that was just a, a bad decision. However, having you know gotten used to the idea more or less, uh, I do like the way that they pull it off uh, in this film. It's uh, that's a story with, with like, some caveats. You know, yeah. I mean, when when I heard that, and I didn't know. Look anything. at the look on his face right here. It's just that's heartbreaking, yeah. and it's really good acting too. Yeah, that's just heartbreaking. 
Now, did you watch the Agent Carter miniseries? I've not seen it. I didn't even know it was a I thought it was an ongoing series, and Scott 2.0 It's like, oh, it's it's just eight episodes, and it's really... i got to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., too. I I was thinking that throughout both of these, um, or both of those shows throughout this movie, that I have to catch up on those to really get, you know... Watch, I would say, watch Agent Carter first okay. because of the two, it's the better one. Um, it's and very, very good. It feels true to the cinematic universe. Not that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. tends to meander a I bit. I saw the first one and it, and it reminded me of a 90s, a, it reminded me not of the 90s Flash, of, mm-hmm. like it, of on a budget but really good, but still on a budget. So it has that, t- you know, they have to make the, con- you know, big concessions for TV. According to Scott 2.0, he was saying that the, like, um, period work on Agent Carter was oh, fantastic. Yes. yes, yeah, very much so. There's Jenny Auger. Yeah, still looking good. There's Mike <laughs> Wallace. 60 Minutes fame. There's Andy Rooney on the other side. <laughs> So, but you know, you, you here you have your you you know, and you know this guy's going to be the bad guy. You know Robert Redford's going to be the bad guy because why? You know, you need a bad guy. Why else would you hire big actor? And I'm sure people were familiar with the Civil War or or whatever storyline this came from. That I don't know if his character, if his character does necessarily, but I think they missed a great opportunity here for Redford's character to actually have been the cap of the 1950s. I think that would have been a great way to take this story. I, I think that would have been very, very... It, it could still potentially happen. Right. But I think if they went that way now, it, it would. It might have that potential of being like, yeah, come on, because they didn't establish anything to do with that in this. So I think they missed that opportunity, which is weird because the cap of the fifties came back during the Brubaker run. And, you know, so much of this movie is based off of the Brubaker run. Brubaker himself actually appears in this movie in a, in a minor role uh, that I'll try to point out yeah. later when we get to it. But this went in the, in the up, up publicity for this movie, they were like, you know, three days of the condor. This is going to be a gritty right. crime seventies style crime drama. And I was really excited about that because I love 70s gritty crime drama. But it doesn't 100% deliver on that, and I think to its benefit. It's still – it's there's the the genes of that in there, you know, the, the DNA of it with Robert Redford and the storyline. And I like that Robert Redford – this – watching it a second time once I knew how the plot unfolded. You know, it's basically Robert Redford's like Darth Vader. You don't want to get called to his office. You know, you don't <laughs> want him to go like, what's going on? Because this is just a series of Robert Redford, you know, determining whether somebody, what somebody knows and then what their actions are going to be. And if it's not what he wants, then. And it's that's not clear in, in uh, on the first viewing. I mean, it is if you're a crime and as far as seventies crime dramas go, this is light. Is you know the storyline and the intrigue in it isn't too hard to figure out, <clears throat> but it's fun to watch it unfold. 
So I didn't it's think of it so much as a crime drama as more like one of those Spionage. like political intrigue, yeah, a political, you know, like all the president's men or something like that. Yeah. You know? And it, and it's not like, it's not something that you really have to put your thinking cap on to follow all the details and, and the double crosses and stuff like that. There's a good amount of them, but there's sort of your boilerplate double crosses for a political intrigue story, which is perfect for this. That's what mm-hmm. you want. If you went too far with it, it would it would lose the superhero ness of it because it's still at the at the core of it it's got to be a superhero a fun superhero movie, and under th- their understanding of that and their confidence in going back and forth, this could have been a really maudlin scene here too. This could have been a really like oh it's it's wonderful yeah every scene in this movie is just impeccably acted. Um, I, I I just can't believe Marvel's got their shit together so well. This Well what I'm noticing here is that this is my they're favorite starting to movie. do that, you know, this is all taking place in a fantastic superhero world, but they're starting to do genres within yeah. that world. And this is your political this, intrigue this thriller, whereas right Guardians was very much your uh you know, fun romp kind of thing uh, this is this is your this is your 70s car chase here oh yeah and, and and when the cops do this when the cops do this look here when the look away when they do this that's not good <laughs> in a political crime movie his his radar should be on oh this is just this in the, mm-hmm. on the big screen was just awesome it oh it's yeah. just like and it's not filmed like a 70s drama if you notice the camera is handheld and moving a lot of the time oh yeah but it's not shaky cam you can tell what's going on it's not just a series of quick cuts this is a great scene yeah and man this is brutal these guys just start peppering bullets through the streets of washington yeah i mean you see other cars get taken out you see they shoot through a city bus it does beg the question where the real cops are, though. But see, this is where it's... Yeah, right. <laughs> this is where it's going Dark night, you know. This... The, this. Uh... <laughs> Uh-oh. I love his annoying computer, too. But, um... You know, when, when it does have to go gritty and brutal, it does. Now, it doesn't go so brutal as, uh... They could have gotten an R rating if they just had a couple people get hit with bullets right. in this movie, but they avoid that like uh, almost a hundred percent. This is a great scene. I love the scoring in this part. <laughs> uh, I want that as an optional extra on my next car. And then the coup de gras, just like. Yeah, that's great, man. Oh, I love it. Yeah, uh, this, this in the movie, this was. I was lucky enough. I go. I, you know, I'm, I'm broke. I go to a lot of matinees, so I don't get the option a lot of the time. I don't luck out and get a theater full of people. This theater was full of people, and they were going nuts. Mm-hmm. Art. Oh, it's a great scene. You don't. You so, so well directed. So rarely see 
It, it, the thought of a car chase these days, I don't want to see car chases. They're boring to me. They've been well, done. I, I like them if they're done well, but so but many of them are. There's not, no originality. Or, or, you know, they're, not, like, they're not done well anymore, and this no. is done impeccably. You know, what's, you, you know what's going on. It's not just like people well, get... There's a real sense of speed is what I like about it. I mean, this, this feels very much like a car chase feels. You know where the other cars are in relation to him. You know what right. everybody's trying to do. And, right. and and it's the same thing with fight scenes and and it happens in with the fight scenes in in this in the modern day it's just so much faster and cheaper and easier to just film people flipping around and then go into the right. editing deck and just do quick half second well, so many shot. car chases these days in other movies just feel like a car commercial you know you just right. see you know cut after cut of the cars going really fast that's not a car chase you know an exciting car chase is like this <laughs> where you know like you say you you understand the relations of the cars where they are in relation to each other and oh that's great i love that this is brilliant right here he bumps that car and knocks the guy down. that's great knocks some guy poor guy just gets so coffee nice. over <laughs> and i mean all right he turned at least once i want to point that out so he just cornered at least one time here that's, oh, great. that's just an incredibly well yeah, it is really film nice. shot. Really good stuff. Hi! Oh. <laughs> I love it when stunt the moves are... The sound in this is yes. great. Yes. If, they... you hear, if you watch this in surround sound, it's great. You can hear the bullets going you know, all around the room. You can hear them... Plinking. Like in that scene where he just hit the side of that dump truck, you can hear the tink, 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 tink right along. It's just great. Well, there's one that. where they're shooting, yeah, where it hits the dump truck and it's bullet shots blah, 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 until the till the dump I, truck hits it. Oh! Ow. I hate when that happens. He turned twice. Always a rider truck. All right, the reason I'm pointing out his turns is because of this. How the hell did he know what street fury was going to be coming down he might have been tr he might have been following it on some sort of you know super spy gps but he just turned onto that street so this guy can this guy can run across rooftops and you know i guess yeah i always love those bombs that shoot down and then i when i, I just to give people a little clue into my psychology when i ride in a car I'm not a driver. I've never had a license. But when I ride in a car, I always picture guided missiles coming off the side and taking out the other cars. Or he had his lightsaber with him. Yeah. Leftover from that last movie. Lucky. <laughs> Basically, actually, what it was is he had a little Horda in there. <laughs> That's what it looks like. No kill eye. <laughs> I don't... You see, what I don't understand is... The Winter Soldier is like, uh, he's fast and aggressive. Why not just jump down the hole and chase after right. him? Right. He couldn't have gotten far. Just a quick eh, it's too much work. jog through the sewer. Not paid for that. My job was to shoot and blow shit up, not to chase people through sewers, okay? Hi, fake Jenna Elfman. <laughs> This is so sad that he gets turned down. Now, what I want to know is who is she going to turn out to be? Because in the comics, she was Sharon 
Carter. And I think they give her name in this as Sharon, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't know if they ever give her last name. So in the comics, Peggy and Sharon were actually related. I think originally, I, I could be wrong. I'm not, I don't profess to be a, a cap history expert, but I think originally it was, I want to say it was either mother and daughter or mother and granddaughter, something like that. And then eventually I think they changed it to Creepy aunt and niece, but somehow or other they were in the comics. Anyway, they were related. Now I noticed something right here. He's hearing the end of the same song that's going to be playing when he comes in here and the song starts playing. Nick Fury's just doing a one more time. But if you look, it, we're going to get a close-up of the record player here in a second. See, the song just oh, it's started the playing. Song. What's that? Is it on the first song or something when we see it? Like right here, the song is playing, right? But when he was listening there for a moment to hear this, the music playing in his apartment, it was the end of the same song. Because this song is on the soundtrack. But the, when we see the record player, it's like way into the record when, when Fury takes it off. So it's it's just kind of a continuity issue, essentially. It, it makes it sound like he's listening to the same song over and over again, except it's on a record. Nick Fury gives so little information here that if he really wanted to stay alive, he should have done all his talking via his phone. <laughs> right. From the beginning, he should have just been like, don't talk or ears everywhere right from right from the start and not and not talked and just let him he's like go cook some eggs or something you know right i'll keep flashing it i'll write down whatever i need to communicate but that's that would make for a boring movie man that i bet you that would be an awesome phone to have <laughs> Look at the great shit that's on that phone ow Oh, I hate when that happens. Um, you better call the landlord about that faulty wall. It's like, <laughs> that's not a good. That's not a good thing when your walls explode like that. I've always loved you. It's my bootleg of Avengers too. They do not like doors in this movie. You're right. No doors do not last very long in this movie. I like that. His. That's cool. Well, it's a good thing she had her scrubs on. Yeah, exactly. Where'd she pull that walkie out of her ass? This is great. Here go there's That's uh, cool. There's gonna be some more doors, uh <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love of this, this movie. Nice does not film. stop. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, 45. These scenes of him running with his shield in front of him like that always take me back to the 60s cartoon, yeah. though. Yeah, always That's do. the thing is, not, you know, they really, I mean, comic movies have always had a, a, a part of them that's about seeing the stuff that you never got to see move and happen, happen. But now with technology and in the hands of, like, a director that understands... Oh, these guys are fantastic, How? too. Who is this? R Russo's? Is that their name? Something like that? Russo? I um, forget. I, I can't remember what movie he directed before this. But I no, no, it's, it's, it's two of them. Aren't they like brothers or oh, something? Oh, okay. But I'm trying to remember what their names are. I don't, I don't have my iPad in front of me to look it up. But 
We'll see it at the end here. Classic, classic scene. I didn't <laughs> believe scene. for a minute that he was dead. How could, how could you ever believe it in a minute? It's a comic no. movie. Whenever somebody's going to die, they have to do it publicly. Let's call it. At right. least they didn't do let's call it. The one thing I'll I'll give <laughs> this you know stereotypical scene is it's well acted by Scarlett Johansson, and the the doctors actually seem like real doctors. Right. They, they they're not they don't do the dramatic things that movie doctors do like pull the sheet over his face and and uh, time let's call it. <laughs> Which I've always thought is something they do in in operating rooms, but it's probably just because I've only seen movies about people dying in operating rooms. He's got DNA. <laughs> the DNA machine says still positive on DNA. <laughs> Hopefully there's somebody out there that'll get that reference. Not me. <laughs> That's from E.T., dude. Oh, you're right. I should get that reference. Well, I still didn't, so I guess not me still counts, but not me because I'm an idiot. I like that they managed to squeeze uh, Maria Hill into this because I was not expecting that. I thought that was pretty cool. That looks like no flash drive I've ever seen either. Well, why should it? I guess. It's a super encrypted <laughs> flash drive. It's, well, it's huge, too. Of course, it probably holds information the size of the internet on it. Don't be sad. Don't chew gum in the morgue. Jesus. Still, a little respect. see the Black Widow smoking cigarettes. I know I've complained about this before, but she's definitely got that smoker's voice. She's a smoker yeah. drinker. Now she had to be in on it, right? I think so. That's what I'm thinking. And by she, I mean Maria Hill, not Black Widow. I don't think Black Widow was in on it at all, but I think Maria Hill had to be. I think she's responsible for getting him out of there and getting him to the the safe location. Right, right. I like that look. No, if Black Widow knew more, she'd be acting differently. It's yeah. funny, though. In retrospect... How could this guy not be on the wrong side? <laughs> he just looks like he's on the right. Yeah. He doesn't look like he should have made it through S.H.I.E.L.D. He should looks like he should have been one of Batrox guys. I'm hoping he's in the next movie because they've set him up based sure on his name and who he, who he is and everything that, uh, that in the comics he was a guy called uh, Crossbones, which was one of Cap's. Did you ever play the, the four-player that Avengers arcade game did oh. i still have that when you came down to yes see me? i have i have yeah as a matter of fact of, we will be he hearing, was one of the bad guys in that yeah we will be hearing that at the beginning of this episode <laughs> it would have been really funny if he had to track down some little kid with a candy bar who got now flash drive instead here now that he knows who she is now he bumps into her at work what would have happened if he'd have bumped into her at work before he knew who right. she was and when the hell did he take time to have his shield repainted anyway? Because remember, it was all painted stealth colors at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, they got a little old lady down on the first floor. <laughs> in when he comes into work. <laughs> Do you need your shield repainted, sweetheart? Hi, Mrs. Sicanelli. 
<laughs> Thanks, dear. You can pick it up at four o'clock. Yeah. As usual. Yeah. She just wings it out the window and it <laughs> boomerangs back to him. See, this is, yeah, and this is where Cap gets his call to the office. Yep. And, and we're, uh, they, yeah, Redford's good in it and he's got his gravitas and, and, you know, I really, I don't, didn't, and don't think that he should have chewed the scenery, but he's got a very low, low key role in this, you know, his, I like him in this. I don't usually like Robert Redford, but I do like him in this. My own, my only complaint with his performance is I think he should have drowned in shit at the end of it. But other than that, you know. <laughs> Did you ever see that episode of uh, South Park? No, where Robert Redford drowns in shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I- oh, is this a new episode of Beavis and Butthead? I'm telling you, that dude looks just like Mike Judge. How long do you think it is before our TVs are like this? Little hand-wavy panes of glass for us. I want one, damn it. Yeah, I know. Not too much longer, I hope. <laughs> I just see, like, the back to the bins waving out, like, little Bill Robinson and Paul Spataro. <laughs> One of them pisses you off. You can just like flip them off the screen. <laughs> Zoop. Either that, or it'd be even better if we had like little chairs set up with a pane of glass in front of them, like he does. That's so <laughs> pointless. It's so pointless. I want to make sure I see them sitting in chairs. I don't like this just looking at their heads on a screen. <laughs> I want them to look like they're here with me, sitting in a chair. <laughs> Yeah, I can't decide what I like better, the the thing with the holographic chair thing or the thing with the with the big, you know, the the Kryptonian heads where they get guilty. And I, I can't decide which one I like better. And you have to make my floor seven feet above the floor under it so I can slide the panes of glass down into the floor, straight down, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that regular people can sit in the chair when they have to. <laughs> But this is a great movie because when you have S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that, you can avoid dating the movie by putting like politics aside. You don't have to know who the president was, what's going on. It's President Ellis. Yeah, right, right, right. It's, it's it, the same president from Iron Man 3. It's just generic president. But, right, exactly. But yeah. that's that's the thing, and 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 all this, you know, President Ellis doesn't really figure even into this story at all. It's all within. You can have the powerful political character, but he's like the he- you know, the shadowy head at the top of Shield, right? Guy. And it it just it it, it means it makes it all the more like, you know, twenty years from now, it'll still ring true you know there won't be a there won't be a reference to jimmy carter and peanuts or something like that like a 70s right. movie or something like that that was funny we were watching match game the other day and somebody like said you know they were talking about the president and i was thinking who was president this year trying to figure out what <laughs> someone said peanuts and it's like oh okay this is another one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie mm-hmm 
very beautifully directed and and shot. Yeah, it is nicely directed. And this movie is also a good example of there's a lot of C- CG in this movie. Mm-hmm. Just to, you know, I mean, I'm sure in this entire elevator and everything about all this is all CG, but it's so seamless and it's not made to, you know, it's not giant lizards and and stuff like that. So you never really even think of it. They just do it very well. Well, sometimes it's the stuff that really exists in real life that's the toughest to do in CG because you're you're used to the look of it. So when it's not right, it stands out that much more. But like an elevator with glass and a building and stuff, it's it's not like a living creature. You know, you can really make it almost indistinguishable from the real thing with CG. And you know how an ele- and an elevator can be simulated, right? This is a very nice slow burn scene right here yeah. where he's he's, he's figuring it out. He's good. taking in all the details he's, and he's realizing he that something's, uh, something's up. not right. Yeah. He knows something's up now. He's just trying to figure out is everybody in here in on this and this is the you know, that's the last straw right there where I think where he's just like Yeah, and then it's like each these guys are obvious thugs. Mm-hmm. Well, then he sees this guy's hair that, hey, that's not regulation. (laughs) Get a haircut, hippie. Yeah, he can't be any good. He's got that greasy Steven Seagal look. (laughs) He's going to beat their asses. This is another, this, this scene could have been totally just like, Flying fists and stuff, and yeah, know what's going on. But I love it how they actually come up with like a, maybe a workable plan to subdue Captain America. Right. <laughs> I would hate to be told too. that was my assignment. Well, I'm sure that they thought it wasn't going to be any big deal with all those guys, and he takes them all out, which is pretty awesome. Nah, not not the not the one guy that we were talking about earlier. I mean, he's seen him jump out of planes with no parachute. Right. And he was he was kind of proud of that. You know, he was just like, oh, he's got no parachute. Ow. <laughs> Now, if this was anybody other than Captain America, I could see him, like, throwing some of them out of the window, but he never does that. Yeah, if this was Schwarzenegger, every one of those guys would be... (laughs) (laughs) Consider that a divorce. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Going down. (laughs) (laughs) Going down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's where that would be. (laughs) Although it would have been really funny if there was elevator music playing throughout the whole thing. I just take out, I just wing the shield, take out all their feet right out from under them. This is pretty awesome. Yes. When I first saw this, I thought, come on. But you know what? I remembered later, though. Remember we did a a commentary for the animated uh, Ultimate Avengers movie, and he does something very similar in that as well. Oh, Clouseau does something like that, I think, in Avenger (laughs) the Pink Panther. Richard Pryor did it in Superman 3, so. (laughs) He should have been on skis. That would have been cool. With a pink cape. I love that he... (laughs) 
I love that he's on his uh, motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, there's one thing that doesn't make sense, though, is that, you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, Robert Redford comes in and tells them a little in a few minutes why they're hunting Captain America. But he's making it sound like it's an apprehend order, where here it is clearly, there. all right, we're just going to kill you. Yeah. Well, maybe the, the, maybe this is a, the guy, whoever the pilots are in this, are part That's of the cool. inner circle. Love the music. It's only nowadays that we've gotten to that level where that's, I mean, just think about that. 20 years ago, you could not shot that scene of oh, superheroics no and had it look anything like that, you know? No, no way. It would have been him jumping, you know, with big green screen globs around him and stuff. It's just amazing. Well, his mask would be a motorcycle helmet. And I always like these when when you know the evil organizations start to show their hands, and mm -hmm. you start seeing the scenes like this where it's like, you can see some of the people are gonna go one way, some of them are going the other way. Right. It's just great. But effectively, they're all sort of screwed at the at this point. So all the people who are still feeling loyal to Shield have to play it low key. I'll just put on a hoodie. Nobody will recognize <laughs> me now. Just hope I don't see that little kid from earlier in the museum. <laughs> Uh-oh. So he needs to do it opposite of Harrison Ford and Fugitive. He needs to grow a beard now. Ow. I wish she wasn't such a big actress, because... Um, she needs to turn up in the Daredevil TV show at some point. She might. She and Daredevil were hot and heavy for a long time. I'd totally forgotten about that, but yeah, you're right. She might. You never know. Why, is she demanding a high salary these I, days? I imagine her agent is. I don't know. I, you know. I don't know if some of these actors maybe have a soft spot. I mean, that's that's the thing is a lot of times... You know, they belong to unions and stuff. When you're a big actor or an actress, they really don't want you to take less money for a role because it sets a precedent, you know. So a lot of times if they want to do something out of, you know, just a labor of love, they'll go uncredited or something like that. Right. So well, I'm, I would hope that she not. would because unless she's full of shit or unless she's gotten big-headed about it, according to one of the documentaries that she was on for... Um, Iron Man, she basically begged for the role. She she begged right. to be part of all this thing. So if she's grateful for that and wants to, you know, pay back the, you know, the fans and the phenom and all that, then, you know, she could do that. You know, go up here on that show and, and take a, you know, take a pay cut or yeah. do it gratis I mean, it or whatever. Be, it would probably be, well, you know, they wouldn't have to put her in a big role. They could they could bring her in and out. That's sort of how they did it in the comics. Right. They, they would meet up and they were like estranged lovers that, you know, it's still an existing spark. I like it that Jenny Auguter got a little bit more of a role in this one. She gets to kick a little ass later, too, which is nice. Yeah. Because I remember getting to the end of Avengers and her name was in the credits. I'm like, where the hell was Jenny Auguter in that movie? 
it was like five, <laughs> five seconds, right? I mean, well, she was one of the dark faces of the of the council that Nick yeah. Fury kept talking to, but you, Guilty. I couldn't make her out. Yeah, exactly. Just two teens in the mall. I love the idea of Cap's disguise being a, a pair of glasses. You know? Yeah. I mean. They pull, you know, they they draw no attention to the fact of it, but it's a very subtle nod to, you know, everybody wants to make fun these days of, you know, how ridiculous is it really that, you know, all Superman ever had to do is put on a pair of glasses and nobody knew who he was. But here's Cap doing the same thing. It's great. Yeah, but Superman never put on a hoodie, man. <laughs> a ball cap. Clark Kent should have worn a ball cap all the time. She could tie her hair back. That would help. I just don't like the straight hair. But it's not just the straight hair. There's something about her face. It's it looks different. And as, for one thing, she just looks kind of jaundiced, like a like she got a bad like spray tan or something. These guys are just aching to get the crap beat out of them again. This guy Go is, away, you Apple Store douche. Oh, he is 100% Apple Store. I used to go in the Apple Store when I had a cable access show and put videos of our of the <laughs> rabbit on every computer. I just put porn on and leave. <laughs> I never they thought of that. that. I guess I just assumed they'd probably have filters on at the Apple Store. Depends. I do that at pretty much anywhere publicly whenever there's a computer. Here you go. See, I wouldn't even try to leave the mall. I'd be like, ah, let's just go into some stupid store blah, 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 blah. for an hour or so till they leave. Go somewhere that Captain America would never go, like Spencer's or something. Spen you know? Yeah, Spencer's. Um, <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond. Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> Nice I wish they were rash. just going to start rousting people or throwing them over the tables and stuff in the Apple store. That would be awesome. I could have gone for a good mall fight. That'd be fun. I wonder where this mall is anyway. But this is fun. You know what? He's also sort of going back into his earlier Steve Rogers nerdy, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. But he's very awkward around her. Which is great. Yeah, because it is. It's a callback to the first movie where he didn't... He was clueless around women. That's nice. This is a wonderful scene. I like this scene right here. The little interplay between the two of them. She asks him a great question here. Nazi Germany. I love that line. That is great. I wasn't sure what to what to think when I found out she was going to be in this. I wasn't sure what to think of all that, but uh, I, you know, well, I she like needs this to play between them. This this movie just sort of cemented in my mind that that we need a Black Widow movie. I'd love to see a movie of this. You know, accent. I don't. I keep hearing that, and I don't know if I'm so convinced because I think you know I think she works really well here. Because it, it's she weird does. because, you know, she starts out, you know, she starts out in Iron Man. So she starts out, you know, associated with that character. But I think she works much better in, in this context, kind of being the. Uh, it's weird. She's not like a girlfriend or even a love interest or anything. She's almost in a weird kind of way like his. Uh, 
I don't want to say mentor, but almost like his guide or something she's, for a lot well, of She's kind of like his anti-conscience. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. She's not guiding him incorrectly, but she's, you know, she's just like, I, I was wondering if they were going to go to the romance angle because weren't they, they were more like, you know, portraying that it's probably her and Hawkeye that are the Yeah, the I can't remember her. I, in the comics, I can't remember Cap and, and right. Black Widow. Ever. I, I could be wrong about that, but I don't remember that. I remember clearly she and Daredevil and she and, um, and Hawkeye, especially, which does beg the question, where the hell is Hawkeye in this movie? Right. Well, that's the thing is you could have if you could have a a Black Widow Hawkeye movie and have Hawkeye be the sidekick. See, I could go for that. It's just no, it's I, nothing against her. Don't get me wrong, but I just you know a, a Black Widow solo movie. I don't know that I'm particularly interested in that. But a Black Widow and Hawkeye movie, yeah, I could go for that. I I'd say on the surface I wouldn't be interested in it, but from the level of writing that they've had in this and the level of thought that they would put into it by going all right, this movie's going to have some strikes against it, you know, because there's going right. to be people who are like, you know, who are like, ah, I don't know if I want to go see, you know. That mo moment right there is one of the few in the movie I didn't really care for. I thought that was a little silly. Because it's it's weird. She's she's not a superhero. She's a, just a super agent, you know. She's right. a, a very well-trained regular human. Right. But if you go into you know say where this is this is the the um 3 days of the condor you go into a James Bond movie with her right as James Bond and you know you're and you know you could have Hawkeye in it you could of course have Nick Fury in it you could have the you know roaming the world Nick Fury in it where where you know he basically leaves shield and stuff but she might have to get him to help out on something be because of reasons, you know, there's there's now, so here's, many. Here's a weird nitpick. Oh. It may not necessarily be a, a, a an error or what, but seeing as how she's a part of Shield, wouldn't she recognize one of the founders of Shield? Right. She says, "Who's the girl?" You seem. It would seem like she would recognize her, but of course, maybe she's only seen her as a as an old woman in you know pictures or something. Like that. I don't know. She might. Not it just seemed a little weird. The history of she's sort of Shield is just her latest thing. You know, it's the latest right. company she works for, and it's just like you don't know the guy who founded our company, and it's like oh, I'm still, right. You know, I just started here. <laughs> you would have think that she would have gotten that on orientation day or something. You know, I love I love secret. You know, hidden military base with a with a computer with Nazi scientists stuck in it. The whole that whole trope. we are rapidly heading into the thing that made this movie for me, because I mean I was on board with it. Don't get me wrong, I was enjoying it up to this part. But when we get to where we get to in the reveal, that was where I was like, oh my god, I love this movie because I so bad wanted more of Zola from the first movie and thought they won't do that in, in the modern way. There's no way they could do Arnim Zola and make him anything but friggin' ridiculous. Right. But of course I was thinking, you know, the, the Android body Zola, you know, with the, with the TV screen belly and all that, you know, and the monitor for a head. So I was thinking, you know, robot body Zola. And I thought this was beautiful. I love I, it. And he's a series of tapes. <laughs> It's great. I, I just I, I could not have been more. And they, you know, that when even 
you know, when you think about even that, though, this idea that, okay, so we're going to have this movie and it's going to have this Nazi villain whose brain has been stored on, you know, 70s technology of real to real. This is like 50s freaking ridiculous. 50s technology. Look how well they sell this scene. It's awesome. I mean, it. I don't know anybody when I was watching this in the theater, there wasn't one person that like snickered or laughed or said, Oh, come on or anything. I mean, everybody was into it because it, the scene just it's works. Cool. It's cool. I, yeah, it, it's given me the same kind of Woody. I know you weren't a big fan of Tron legacy, but like the scene where he goes into his dad's office and starts oh, yeah. wiping the I dust mean, off stuff. I love scenes like that where you come in and you know, but, What's funny is I think they could totally set up Zola as, well, A, even though he's housed in all these computers, don't you think they could just drop him into an iPod? You have not seen the last of Arnim Zola. No, I'm I'm saying what's happening right now is, you know, when she put that, that, um, put the um, USB in there. He's probably uploading himself, or you could plausibly do that for future Zola. Well, he's obviously hooked into the net, so all he has to do when he knows, because he's the one that summons the missile, so when he knows that, you know, that all that destruction, everything, I don't believe for a minute that he was willing to sacrifice himself. Right, The only thing that possibly could shoot a hole in that theory is that in a little while, Robert Redford is going to say something about blah 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 it cost me zola yeah but still that just might mean that he thinks zola's dead he doesn't realize that zola uploaded his consciences to some other place unless it's a a, unless it's a complete hell being a computer consciousness Uh, i don't know i would think that somebody like him would would you know once the, the net comes along and that ability to you know do what he's doing here access the internet and access pretty much anything this I don't know. Part I, is I can see. <laughs> oh, I this, love this, this montage. It's neat, but it's uh, it's not what you would really see. <laughs> you know what I mean? My only problem with this entire thing is that there's there's a couple of clips that show the Winter Soldier. Where is he pulling that from? Right. Because the Winter Soldier is supposed to be this ghost story, right? Right. Anyone who's seen him is dead. The funny thing about this is, you know, the whole Hydra thing, of course, is made up and it's very far right there. You know, we have a couple of quick, quick cuts and quick clips of the Winter Soldier, which seems a little weird. We get what happens to to uh, Howard Stark, which I thought was cool. But this part right here, finally ready to sacrifice its freedom to gain its security. Um, you know, this is kind of happening in our world today. You know, well, yeah, I, so mean, I, I like that they tied it to something that's relevant today. The, the actually, the last Dark Knight movie, the RoboCop, dude, remake, you're killing me with the Dark uh-huh. Knight, shit. and the and the RoboCop remake, and countless others have all tried to do that, and it usually ends up preachy. Uh, but this, you know, this does it by not trying to do it, it's not trying to preach a mess message of it, right? It just hangs it in there in the background, you know, right. You know, the the message of this one is how even with everything being corrupt around him, Captain America, using his principles, still navigates through it, you know. 
he, he needs the help of people without the same principles as him, but he still is able to navigate through this without compromising while still doing it the Captain America way, you know? Out of time. Oh, I love that. Love that. This is the second commentary in a row we've done with some cave-in over our heroes. <laughs> this one's a little more realistic. <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> oh, I miss mentioning uh, that uh, Black Widow mentions Operation Paperclip. Yep. Operation Paperclip was a real thing. It's a total real thing. I'm a, I'm a big uh, reader on Operation Paperclip. Mm-hmm. Operation Paperclip will someday tie into whenever we get around to doing the freak files on uh, the Montauk project. Yep. There are some paperclip ties. In, in oh, that. it ties into a lot of stuff that yeah. I'm interested in. But yeah, paperclip was a, was a real thing. And it, paperclip, because it was real, lends a lot of credence to a lot of other, you know, even some really far out conspiracy theories. And it gives a lot of them credence. That shot right there reminds me a lot of Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Even the way the guys are coming, you know. This could be a scene in a Terminator movie. Nice house. Lots of windows. You'd think these... Guys would not want to live with lots of windows. Probably all bulletproof. I hope so. Hi. I think it would have been really funny if you saw some Paul Newman salad dressing in his. I thought that there was supposed to be a Paul Newman Easter egg in this movie somewhere as an acknowledgement to those two, but uh, I, I couldn't. If it's in there, I couldn't find That's it. That's how but I would have done it. <laughs> I'd heard somewhere that there was some sort of a, a of an acknowledgement of Paul Newman, but I have yet to find it. If that's true. I like when he first turns around and sees him sitting there, though. He looks a little scared at first. Like I would he's be. thinking, you know, has he come for me kind of thing. Has he gone off his programming? <laughs> right. And this also ties into a lot of... Um... Hi. <laughs> you see, that's... This... this I, I appreciate this scene, Ow. how hardcore he is. Right. But at the same time, why would it matter if she saw that guy? Yeah, that's kind of what I've But he's seen him. She's not like, that's the famous winter soldier sitting here talking to my boss. How can that... Dude, get a cop! Why was the A1 sitting on top of the refrigerator? So keep it nice. That's nasty. You got to keep that shit refrigerated. And you're filthy. I do like Sam. He's cool. He's very well cast in this. And this guy is into this role, too. If it had been... If it had been... If he was younger, I could see that being like the Will Smith role. You know? Oh, if God. This the, if this was... Thank like, God he's 20 not. 20 years ago, they probably would have cast Will Smith. 
Man, that is a dude that I wish his 15 minutes were up because I'm sick of him. He was a good and... actor at one point, and then mm. he got that syndrome of, you know, I'm an... My shit don't stink I'm... syndrome? Yes, I'm an important actor, and, you know, it was sort of the Bill Cosby syndrome, and you got to watch the <laughs> don't end well. Jello pudding pops. Yeah, jello pudding pops my ass, Bill <laughs> <laughs> Don't sticking those jello pudding pops in my face, man. I don't want to. <laughs> I know what you're up to now. But yeah, it's weird. They they set it up where it could be she a looks romance, good here. romance between these two. But you know, it just ain't happening. That it's, no, it's not, not really a possibility. I don't think. I think she would go for it. I don't think Captain America. Yeah, would go no, for I don't it. think, I think he's she interested. knows that he would be like, no, she's. This is. Well, the woman he loves is still alive. Right. Although senile. But still, you know, but but with like when you're Captain America. I love that. I'm always honest. I love that, you know, because one of my favorite lines in um, in Superman, the movie is when he tells Lois, uh, I never lie. And he just throws it out there. And it could be so cheesy and and a uh, hard to deliver you know hard to make it believable and reeves sells it so well and same thing here chris sevens really sells that part i'm always honest i like that he didn't say i never lie though because he does lie in this it's <laughs> called out for being a terrible liar also right now it looks like in this scene they've got like extra like blush on her face she's got just like super red yeah, I told you she's. Yeah, there's something funny about her her coloring in this, and I can't quite place. Yeah. Maybe she got a terrible sunburn, and they had to like cake makeup on it or something. <laughs> well, she's she's fair skinned, so they get. She is. I wonder if it's the red hair making it, you know, making her look like ruddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love this part. Because if you know what they're talking about, it's like, oh, that's cool. In a lesson, but if you don't, then later on, it's just a great reveal. It's, it, um, it's funny, though, that the, 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 the sort of coincidence here in a lesser movie would have been really stretching it. But it works in here. It's, you know. What coincidence? That he just happens to be trained <laughs> Right. In a flying right. falcon suit and his buddies with Captain America. You know, they've just randomly struck out a right. friendship. I see what you're saying, yeah. Garrett oh, Shandling true. is so he was so great like in his young days as the like young neurotic guy and oh. now he's just got that slimy he's so slimy. Oh, he's so great in this role though. See, I this is another moment that I geeked out in this movie because this is a callback to Iron Man 2, which in my opinion is a vastly underrated Marvel entry. I love Iron Man 2. So anytime we get any sort of easter eggs or callbacks to that, I just geek out. I love it. And there's a number of them in this movie. You know, and we saw Howard Stark's, you know, picture before and all that. From but. a distance, doesn't he look like Cheech? Does now. <laughs> it's like old Cheech. That's hilarious. <laughs> this guy is just too wimpy to be in S.H.I.E.L.D. He just does not look like he's up for the up for the task. And he's filling his drawers right now. Right. 
<laughs> I always love the. I see. I could. Uh, I I could totally see that scene with Will Smith. That's how they would set it up. Same jacket and everything. He's so much more charismatic than Will Smith, though. He's just got a little more. Well, he's younger than Will Smith, but he's got a little more badass to his face. You know. Right. He's got a little more. I'll kick your ass to his face. Right. Huh? What? That makes my palms sweat just looking at that. I was kind of surprised that they ended up sacrificing this character, though. If he really is dead, which I don't see how he couldn't be given what happens to him, but... I'm surprised they didn't use a Wilhelm scream there. <laughs> I love that. I'm not ready for that. That's cool as hell. Oh, that's great. I think that's awesome. Rumor has it, and I hope this isn't spoilery or ruin anything for anybody, but rumor like, has I've crapped it, my uh, pants twice in the tent. <laughs> I know, he done, should have had a big done. wet stain in the front of his pants. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were saying... That uh, supposedly he uh, he's going to be in uh, Avengers 2. I hope that's really true. I know that uh, War Machine's supposed to be in it, so I hope that uh, that the Falcon is too. I'm hoping that it's a big enough story that essentially they have to rally all the existing Everybody. superheroes. It sounds like they're they're scuttling it real like getting real quick to throw some Spider-Man in there. Yeah. Someone came up with a good theory about how they could work Spider-Man into the stories that would be that would have been really interesting. They were saying work in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and have him get killed during this one storyline where I guess Spider-Man where Peter Parker got killed. Oh, and, I would hate that. But that was what if they do that, that means they're going to replace him with the other Spider-Man and that other Spider-Man shit. So I don't want to see him do that. But the thing about the movies is you don't know what they're, you know, you don't know if they're going to do it like that, you know, that you, they could replace him with some other different Spider-Man depending on. I'm just hoping that, you know, once Marvel gets their hands on Spider-Man, they're just like, okay, we can't screw this up, you know. Get out! <laughs> I love that. Wah! Yeah, I don't know if you lived through that. That was a Mack truck. Now, why don't they get slammed into by the he, car behind his, them? Okay, the back of his head was the first thing yeah. that hit the pavement there. Yep. Now, I went through this part, the part in the moment where they, where Cap knocks the door out and they, you know, they slide down the road. I went through that frame per frame and couldn't find it. But when I saw this in the theater, there was one moment where you could clearly see the wire work on the car controlling the, the, the spin. So I wonder if they went back in and, and, and did some more editing before it hit uh, Blu-ray and DVD. Did you watch this in 3D? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say it might have been something that came out in the 3D or something. Yeah, maybe they know. did. Right there. But there was a moment... In the theater where you could see the wire. Ah, work. I could see them there. I, I saw them. I saw wires running right up, up, up off the top of the screen. 
It wasn't the phone wires, though, was it? Maybe it was. I don't know. Because I, I thought that, too, because I saw the phone wires, and I thought, well, maybe I was mis- Oh, that had to hurt. <laughs> Cap is having a bad day. Would you like a little salt with that pepper? <laughs> this is one of those things that works well. Speaking of the score, I mean, it works well in the movie. But when you're listening to the album, this is like the most annoying track on the album. This is this is a song I used. <laughs> for the she theme, had her web shooters on for the her. theme music on the opening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. It's just not one of the more melodious tracks. No, it's you know not. I mean? Doesn't it? I love that, right? Ow. Tink. It's a good thing they're bulletproof glasses. Not even a black eye. Yeah. When this guy gets off duty, I wonder if he like goes home and has like a death <laughs> band or something. I could fucking spin like <laughs> Berserker. <laughs> My love is like a ticking clock to Berserker. Do you want to you make some fucking how his mascara keeps appearing and disappearing? What's that? His mascara keeps appearing and disappearing. Oh, you're right. Alright, I haven't asked the obvious question because I'm almost afraid to point it out, but um, how the hell did he find them? <laughs> That's what he does. That's all he does. <laughs> Finds. It's a good thing everybody else got out of the bus. I don't know when that happened, when? but it's a good thing everybody else got out of the bus. All right, right here. One of my favorite scenes, because there's a moment coming up that I swear is right out of the 60s cartoon. Ow! That's cool. Oh, the sound design the, is the, brilliant. The sound nice. of bullets in this are just a oh. symphony. <laughs> right there, right there, right there. I love that. I like how their pitch goes up as he gets closer, too. Um, next time, dude, shoot him in the feet. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot at the shield. I know if I keep shooting at the shield, eventually it's going to dent. That part right there reminds me of when I play Saints Row. Just saying. Walk around with a grenade launcher and blow up everything. <laughs> he does look cool, though. Apparently, I everybody is smart, smart enough to run. I wasn't sure if I was going to buy the whole robot arm thing, but I think they sell it pretty well. Well, the whole super soldier ties in with paperclip and the whole and they've got a little bit of like montauk conspiracy with um with the man he's a man basically a manchurian candidate that was my mom's car i had all my phone numbers in that phone <laughs> i like this she's not messing around man she's nope. got the garrett out ow That's cool. That's how she throws her quarters into parking meters, too. <laughs> I think they already know to leave. Ow. 
It's a good look right there. This is a great fight right here. Ow! That looked like he really hit his head. I like how he's just like, oh, gun, never mind. That, that gun's the wrong gun. He's like a walking arsenal. Every time Cap disarms him, he just has another weapon ready. Why doesn't he fling the shield? Oh, okay, there he goes. <laughs> See, why does he throw it like the other direction? Like throw it away. I love that how he switches the knife in midair like that. That yep. was just. I Ow. wonder if that was something a stuntman did or if that Ow. was like CG'd. But you see, you, you see what's going on in this fight. Even in martial right. arts movies these days, they never let you see, like, it's just easier to have everybody flip their arms and legs around. Right. Oh, this is beautifully choreographed. Because you can follow every beat of it. Yeah. There's so many modern fights, I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. It's moving too fast. It's, it's gonna too It's going to wiggle it's around until someone's laying on the ground, basically. Right. And this, you can follow every blow of it. It's really well done. Ow. <sighs> Buddy. <laughs> Davy? Davy. He's got a little Tom Cruise in him, too. Who? The Winter Soldier there. If, if you ever Oh, saw... kicked in the head. Boot to the head. <laughs> from that, from that Ridley da, da, Scott. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, blow up more shit! That was cool. He's stunned. He's got a great stunned face. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very similar. It reminds me of Shatner would do the same sort of thing when he couldn't believe that, like. Right. What cracks me up is that there were people that went into this movie not knowing who the Winter Soldier was. That's just, you know. Me? <laughs> oh, you didn't? You didn't know it was no, Bucky? No, I'd never heard of so the storyline. So what did you think? Um, It works in this. Uh, did I, you I, see it coming? No, I did not. I did not see it coming. I know, I know I'd heard things that Bucky had come back in various forms. And doesn't Bucky eventually, in some storylines, become Captain America? Yes. I'm so, really hoping they don't go that direction with the movies. Um, but, um, yeah, they might, though, because the Winter Soldier character is very popular with the ladies. Yep. With the ladies. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really. All I, I, I don't really pay attention as much to the storylines. But I was, you know, had just heard that it was a gritty crime story. I personally, if I'd seen that written down, that it, you know, the Winter Soldier is really Bucky, I'd be like, that's stupid. You know, <laughs> it, it works in this. You know, the way they, the way they explain it works. It's kind of a stretch of a coincidence. But uh, not. this is one of my few nitpicks with the movie right here. Is this is a little bit stupid? How the hell did they get out of a moving vehicle? She uses her lightsaber and cuts the bottom out, just like Nick Fury did. But where the hell did they go? Tuck and roll. 
I guess. I had to hurt. Nobody looks out of the rearview mirror and. <laughs> oh, she's got a serious gunshot wound, and they just like jumped out in the middle of the street. That's how it goes. Hey, Nick Fury did it with a with a broken lip. She didn't lose that much blood because those tight pants are holding it in pretty well. Right. I would think. Hi. Not the best hospital conditions. What do you expect? I'm a comic book character. <laughs> oh, and Anna can cut my arm off, too. This doctor's just like, ah, band-aid, little pressure. She's fine. <laughs> Wait, right. Just walk it off. Wait, right through. 40 squat thrusts, you'll be fine. <laughs> Do we really actually need a video of x-rays <laughs> next to him? <laughs> Just want you to see these. That was kind of a naive question of Cap, though, to ask him. Why all the secrecy? Well, duh. Uh... Can't kill you if you're already dead. That, that was... Seems a little obvious, I thought. And this, in one scene, they completely humanize this character and and make him not feel like, you know, they, they turn him into a tragic bad guy. Right. Which makes the ladies very happy because then they can legitimately... The only problem is, is that it calls into question the timeline of Arnim Zola. So Zola experimented on him in the 40s before he was captured by Cap and the Howling Commandos. Well, then after that happened, un unless there was a time where he escaped or something, I, I was under the impression that he remained in U.S. custody right up to the time that he died and got put into the computer. But this was showing him actually working with the Russians, creating the Winter Soldier. So somewhere in there, there's a, a missing gap of time, you know, in Arnim Zola's history. So I want to I want that explored. You could At you could you could write that off. You could say they, you know, he was sick. They dumped him into a computer and then he went to work for the Russians till he died, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily follow either because that didn't happen until the 70s. Right. And the Winter Soldier's been out there, you know, assassinating people for the Russians for a half a century. So I'm, I'm curious how that, how it all syncs up. I'm not sure how it does. Well, hopefully we'll get some of that. They're definitely going to go into more of him because he was a really popular character. Right. Yeah, the women's love him. I believe that dude in the glasses standing behind Redford, I believe that's uh, Ed Brubaker, if I'm not mistaken. Looks like a comics writer or artist or somebody who works in comics. <laughs> Is Brubaker the artist or the writer? Or the writer. Writer. I forget what the art, who the artist was on that. I can't remember, but I think that's him. Wasn't there a Robert Redford movie where he was a like prison in prison or a prison warden called Brubaker? I remember there being a movie, movie called, called Brubaker. I don't remember who the hell was in it though. 
I was tempted to say um, Burt Reynolds, but I don't know if that's right. Uh, that could be. I don't know. I like this. You actually see him like he's terrified. Got all his trading cards. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good line. A little drool coming out of your mouth there. Uh, been coming out for the last 45 minutes. You might want to. <laughs> okay, this plot here's a little cheesy. It should be. <laughs> That's the thing. There's got to be a certain amount of cheese. There's got yeah, it's 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 just too convenient. Well, it's very convenient. Where the hell did he get? Did he go to Walmart and get these blade things to put in there? How do, how does that work? He just happened to have these. Well, this is a common complaint I have with every Marvel. If 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 I have a major complaint of Marvel movies, and I don't know if it's something that it, it could just be me, and. They they all have to end with a boss battle, you know, and at this point, well, yeah. in the movie theater, I was sitting there thinking, okay, here it is. It's they, but when it get, it gets set up literally like a video game, it's like this would be the beginning of the video game. All right, you got to get into the three helicarriers, <laughs> and each you know you have to put a chip in each one before it'll work, you know, and then that will start the sequence where blah blah blah. So it's it's almost that's where I set up and I think, okay, here's here's what the video game is going to be. <laughs> it was just like when I was in uh, watching uh, episodes two of Star Wars and they were running through the the factory. It's just like, oh, there's definitely going to be a video game of this. Oh yeah, I think that's why that part exists. Exactly, exactly. And I don't get that feeling with this though. This that that's movie why this exists, but this movie actually avoids. It still has a boss battle, but it's a little different, and it's not as much, you know. The, the, uh, of course, they have to go and do, you know, do the task, and all that. But it's it's shaded in with his battle with the, with the winter winter soldier because he's trying to, basically rescue him. Right. And uh, it doesn't have the feel as much as a as a boss battle. Right. You know, the the Iron Man movies, all three Iron Man movies. It's just like in the last 15 minutes, it's a, it's, you know, it's a fight scene. Right. And, uh, well, I think, I mean, it's, I think that genre, really. it's part of the genre, but I mean, that's also part of storytelling. You know, you have, you know, you have the origin, you have the setup and then you have the resolution. That's just basic storytelling. I mean, yeah. how the hell else are you going to conclude yeah. a superhero movie? If you don't have that boss battle part at the end, then how, you know, what, what do you do? So, I, I mean, sometimes I guess it just work. It doesn't work as well in the Iron Man movies, I think, because the Iron Man movies are less conventional and so character driven. That you could give get away with having them end and, and be structured in a little different way. Um, for Avengers, it worked perfectly. Mm -hmm. um, 
And but I wasn't even so much talking about there being a boss battle so much as I think the boss battle in this one. The the, the thing with the blades is just kind of silly. Yeah. I mean, they're they're down to such a. This is a great little stand cameo right here. But they're down so badly time-wise in this, it seems to me that there's got to be better plans. Rather than go into this elaborate and ridiculous blade-switching thing, why don't they go and just go... And they already kind of do this. Why not just go to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and and try shut to storm down. the building and shut them down from there? I mean, and, and instead, they actually go to the carriers themselves. Well, go to the mechanism that's going to launch it. If they went into that control room, and managed to sweep out that control room. I mean, what this right here we're seeing, this is the guy that ends up launching, right. the, or at least the workstation he's at is what launches the thing. So if they storm that, couldn't they potentially stop it from right there? Not as dramatic. And then go in Save and... Save him some oh, money yeah, on exactly. special effects, that's for exactly. sure. <laughs> you know, shut it down from there, and then go in later at your convenience and swap out the blades if you really insist on swapping those blades out. Now, I want to know, how did Black Widow convince whatever Jenny Argeter's character's name is, how did she convince her to, hey, let me take your play? I mean, did she go and, like, punch her out? I was just going to say, maybe with, a, maybe with a brick to the head if she had to. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. I love Cap being back in his World War II outfit, by the way. Has to be kind of smelly and musty, but yeah. <laughs> I like seeing him back in it. Now you finally get to see my undecorated room in person. Who's the Asian dude? I don't remember. Was he at the council meetings before? I don't remember him, no. So he skips the meeting, still gets to come anyway. I guess so. Well, his loss <laughs> in this case. <laughs> this is true. One more time. <laughs> I'll bring you home again, Kathleen. Someone shut him off. <laughs> Could Mike Hunt please report to the office? Mike Hunt to the office, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember when we used to get away with that? <laughs> we have a message for the announcements. Pete Hesh. <laughs> it was only good for making three people crack up. This is why I got out of security work, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see a group like that walking up on you, you're just like, I quit. Uh, it's my lunch hour. 7.50 an hour, no way. Yeah, exactly. See you guys later. I like that line. That's how S.H.I.E.L.D. got compromised. They didn't pay shit. <laughs> um, can I go home now? <laughs> See, that guy just looks like a criminal. He's just greasy. Him? Yeah. yeah. I, I really do hope they bring him back fully costumed and everything as crossbones in the next one or a future one because crossbones would be a really good villain for the big screen I think he's just he's just got that face that says hostile mm -hmm. <laughs> this guy just says that face that says mommy 
<laughs> I like that he stands up, though. Yeah. Still, another person with a load in his drawers. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pants pissing in this movie. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> I like how people think that it's the gun becomes more threatening as you push it into your head. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean it. I'll push this gun into your head even harder. I will leave a muzzle mark. Don't drop a gun. Jesus. Ow. Ow. Dum, 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 dum. It's pretty casual about just, you know... Everybody here should have shards of glass sticking out of every yep. soft piece of them. <laughs> yep. Now, does this mean that everybody down in the lower decks gets water dumped all over them every yeah. time that the helicarriers take off? That'd be a pain in the ass. There's definitely some water coming down. I just wonder how they built that behind Close the Close the blast doors! Close the blast doors! <laughs> behind the backs of the people of Washington. Right. Driving down the thruway going, wait a minute, the water's not supposed to do that. It's <laughs> a great sound effect. I like that they, they, they mentioned Doctor Strange in this, too. Yeah, yeah. One of the Strange people. and Bruce Banner. CGI getting better and better and better all the time. It's so this really is sort of style. like an evil, um, um, what is it that, um, that Professor X has? Cerebro. Oh, Black, oh Cere uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Hadn't thought of that. This is quite the drop that Cap takes right here. Well, he's been doing that quite a bit. It, uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> he lands on his feet, too, with that one. Shoot him in the feet! Ow. Oh, poor guy. I love the Falcon scenes. It's great stuff. Yeah, they, I tend to be very, very critical when it comes to flying heroes in the movies, and they do it very well in this part. He He's totally believable. I really like his flying scenes. Yeah, you get a sense of the speed of it and like the pressure of the air on the wings. Now, I've got the sound turned down quite a bit here, so I'm not sure if it's already gone by or not, but there is a moment in here. This is just tell you my level of nerddom. There's a scene here in his office in Robert Redford's office where the guns are blazing outside the window. And I would swear that there's one moment where the explosion pattern that you hear is the same one from in the emperor's throne room in return of the Jedi, when the battle's raging outside the window. Oh, and I wonder if that's a purposeful nod. That would be cool. That's a great part. Run, runner. Yeah. That's great. That, uh, whatever they call that thing, that camouflage net or whatever, they end up using that on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point, too. 
This movie greatly affected the course of that show. Yes. Well, I mean, they must have known going into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they would be doing that. this, you know? I wonder, yeah. Why put the money into it if you're going to do something like that and not... It's so self-contained. They, right. You know, I mean... It's it's ballsy, but then again, they're sort of making their career on being ballsy. Right. This this scene is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he swoops down underneath, and and especially in the theater on the big screen, you could just feel the the sense of motion. Yep. I wonder how this looks. Was this one released 3D? Right here. Yes. I wonder how this looks 3D. It's probably pretty pretty cool, I would imagine. I don't think I saw it 3D. I usually skip 3D unless it's like super, you know, made for 3D, made in 3D. Right. Now, what if those guys were just coming to see what their commotion was all about? And Cap just kicked all their asses. Hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> Fung. She has a great little look here in a moment. That little twitch she has when she just kind of gives that little half a smile there, like she's got the the edge up. I like that. I've I've got a copy of um, Under the Skin that I've been meaning to check <laughs> out. What is that? It's uh, her other science fiction movie she did last year. She plays an a- Scarlett Johansson's an alien that is coming to earth and like picking up guys and absorbing <laughs> their, you know, trying to find out. A, I, I guess it's very arty and weird huh. and slow. Did but get naked? Yeah, through most of the movie. I, oh, all right. So I have to give that a look sometime. I've been, I've been meaning to meaning to check it out, but it, I, I've heard it's one of those ones where people are like, that was the most amazing thing I've seen in a long time. Or they're like, that was the most pretentious piece of crap I've ever seen in my life. I'll so just turn the sound off and fast forward my way through it. It's it's one of those movies. So I'll probably like it because I like slow and moody and weird and naked. So I wanted to see the one that she was in with uh, with Morgan Freeman recently. I thought that one looked really good, but I heard it was terrible. What but was I'd it, like, what was it about? It. Oh, that one where she was... Oh, Lucy. Yeah, that was really good. I saw oh, was that. It good? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I'd like to see that. It's not. Um, um, I wanted to say it was Verhoeven, but it's not Verhoeven. It's the guy who. Uh, Ow. Is, but it's another good action director who did that. It's this it's, is great. Bleh. That guy's having a really bad day. <laughs> A lot of people get killed in this movie. <laughs> you know those Quinjets are expensive. Yeah, I know. You know that's it costs like half a state budget for that door, jerk. And he just rips the window off, and now he's gonna get bugs in his teeth flying it's got up to the. Blood other. all over the inside of it. But no, Lucy's well worth checking out. It's a fun, fun yeah, movie. I would like to see it. It's that fun. was some great timing, by the way. She's his company's coming, and then <laughs> there he is. Well, speak of the devil. Oh, they have to tie. 
This is one of the reasons I knew he wasn't dead is that scene was actually in the previews to the movie. Oh. Where he comes walking in the door. I'm yeah. like, well, we haven't seen the walking in the door part yet, so I guess he's not dead. No, he but I didn't believe he was at for a moment anyway. I like how they're sort of mirroring each other. Well, not anymore, but in the shot before that, Robert Redford had his hand. Right. He still does. He's he, just sort of in the same way that Nick Fury's got his arm in the sling. Right. Is this a nice little piece of direction or whatever acting, depending on who told him to do it or. I love how they have. Um, whenever somebody's solving a computer problem, notice she's not even mousing anything. She's just sitting there typing on a... Right. <laughs> all these, the all this, all this advanced tech, technology, and they're back to just doing everything on a computer. Run, typing in run sequence. Right. I do like the... The whole idea, though, of the of the algorithm that uh, Zola created. I don't. Ah! I don't need to see that. Man. He needs to have a smiley face eye like that guy in uh, Last Action Hero. <laughs> but you know this idea that you know I like how how Sitwell explains it. Those guys were delivering pizza, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they were just coming in to tell her mom was calling, was on the phone while I'm talking. <laughs> Janitor! <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, the digital, you know, the 21st century is a digital, uh, a digital book and all that. You know, it kind of makes me wonder if there's any truth to that, if you actually could do something like that. That's the one CG shot right there that looks a little hokey to me. A little is bit. Where he yeah, it's just a little bit. Uh, it's when you get somebody there. on all fours walking or moving, you know that. Right. Oh, so much for your wings, buddy. This guy just manhandles his poor wings. Ow. Oh, that's it. So much for your superpowers. <laughs> At least he has the smarts to have a parachute on. Yes. I would, too, if I was a flying superhero. Yeah, no kidding. Ow. He's going to need knee replacement surgery now. Now, wouldn't that be, like, wouldn't the metal there be, like, like a stovetop? Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> I could go for some stovetop right about now. <laughs> <laughs> run run in circles run with your hands in the air scream run i love it hi ow <laughs> cleaning staff is dead <laughs> who's he talking to is this never some old fat black guy with the with the floor, <laughs> floor buffer All those floor buffer guys are always fat because they always got that buffer just pressed right into their gut for some reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly always. 
your forehead's way too large. Get a haircut, Buck. It's a good scene, though. Yeah, no, they pull this off really well. This, this the, the, like, when this started like this, I was like, okay, here we go. Because really, a lot of times with this sort of, when this is, you get to this point in the movie, you're just waiting for, for things to play out, you know? Right. You're like, okay, we got to put the chips in each of their things, and we've got to defeat this guy. But they do a good job of not keeping it simply there. And, and it's always a fight on a catwalk. Yeah. Because in the last comment. Yeah, it was in the last one. So what I was going to say is that this uh, was in the last Captain the boss, America too. Yeah, this is a much better boss battle yes. than the one in, in First Avenger. No, First that Avenger. That was one of my I few complaints not... with First Avenger yes. is I didn't think the boss battle was really all that exciting in that one. No, I thought it was very just it was it was perfunctory. And that's the thing though with 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 these movies is like usually the boss battle is like a culmination, but I usually it, it seems to me that a lot of times the uh, set pieces earlier on in the Marvel movies are the ones that I really like the best, you know? Right. Um, the the car chase in this was my favorite. Ow! I just don't understand why he simply just didn't kill her anyway. Yeah. He has no reason to keep her alive. She pretty. Except it would really piss off Nick Fury, I imagine, if he right, her. yeah, and that's probably why he did it because Fury's not wearing one. He knows Fury would just gun him down. And and what fraction of a second would it take her to fling that that um, you know, that uh, suit coat off that she's wearing right? It's just like two arms suit open suit coat. She could just go flip and ow! You're standing on glass. Stop smacking it. Yeah, they're very confident <laughs> with this glass. <laughs> Ow. Come here. Give me a hug. I love you. It almost looks like he bends his arm the other way. Yeah. Part. Which I guess he maybe he does do with it being a robot arm and all. Sleep. <laughs> that would have been another good pants moment. I was going to say, how did he know that it was a bad guy coming in? But I think What's-Her-Name called him, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I like that scene where he's that, that he's, that, it hurt. He's like, you can tell he's seeing stars in his head. It's just Rocky three. Isn't that how Rocky three yes. ends? You're right. It is. I think that every time I see this. All right, keep calling out the time. It doesn't sync up at all, but keep calling it out, okay? Ow. My buttocks. I remember seeing a website once that went through all the things that had timed endings before something yeah, was supposed to blow up or go that. off and how many minutes some <laughs> There were some movies that were just like such egregious. And what was really funny is that a lot of the times it was the better movies. It was like some of the better filmmakers and better... F <sighs> That's brutal. I actually, when I first saw this, I kind of wondered what was happening here. Was was he actually dying? Because I don't. That's almost what it looked like. This guy's familiar from some other movie. Yeah, I can never remember which movie it is. I've seen him in. He, he looks like that's what the hell was that guy? The wiki, 
WikiLeaks guy. That creepy, mm. that creepy Swedish guy. Mm, I don't, I don't the know. The white hair. I don't know. They have the same like sort of creepy. Right there, Tony Stark. That was cool. But take your time about it, because Cap's got to get the thing in yet. Well, I don't understand how this stupid thing... I mean, it checks all their stuff and stuff, and... And how would you even set the determination of, like... I mean, Tony Stark, they could have some guys in a room go, we got to get rid of Tony Stark. But right. Joe Schmo, you know, um, from Kokomo, they know he's going to be a potential troublemaker someday just by his, uh, you know... Yeah. I knew a long time ago you were going to be trouble. I was. I wonder. I'm wondering right now if I was on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that was probably a sure bet. Yeah. Yeah, but I could see them being like, yeah. So he's subversive, but all he does is watch comic book movies. <laughs> What's he gonna do. All he does is podcast. He's, yeah, he's what's he gonna do? It. Yeah, it's not like a podcast. It's not like my, you know, the revolution will be televised podcast. It's. <laughs> Aww. that's cool. All that work. Poor Robert Redford. Ow. I was waiting for you. Know how expensive that, that glass is? Yeah. Uh, I'm unconscious right now. Ooh. Okay, that was kind of cheesy. Uh oh. This is some great CGI work, though. Man, it looks really good. I think they should wiggle the cameras a little more. The cameras are a little too smooth. That's the only thing that sells it as CGI just compared to the rest of the movie, but it's amazing. The detail oh, is just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible what they can do these days. Because that's essentially the, the opening... The opening space battle in in episode three just amped up yes. that much more, and that was pretty incredible for its time. For its time, but this is really this is something. I mean, the waterwork right here. I mean, that looks totally real. That's pretty incredible. Well, they're just gonna leave him there to bleed all over the place. Yeah. To <laughs> Should have thought of that when they shot be... all the cleanup staff. The superintendent's gonna be pissed. Some some guy with his overalls that say Joe comes in with a <laughs> broom. It's like, God damn it, there's always bodies up here. Sweeps all the glass into a pile on top of Redford. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a giant dustpan. Carol Burnett comes out, sweeps it all up at the end, with spotlight on him. Eh? So are, am I to take it they've been fighting for the last 15 minutes in that? I guess so. 
Let's give this a, be too, too building a little side hug. Whoa! This That's, is a great stunt it right could here. Have been, this could have been a very cheesy scene, the running ahead of something, but they right. pull it off really well. Yeah, this works cool. This is pretty neat. I love how he tips the thing out of that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yep, he could have been sliced to ribbons right there. That was pretty cool. Zip up your suit. I wouldn't be flying an or don't thing if I could avoid it. Yeah, I know. I think that every time that he actually goes under it instead of whatever, around it or over it or away from it or whatever, he goes right underneath it with it's coming apart. I like that they didn't resolve this. I like that he, Bucky didn't pull the cheesy, you saved me type. Right. You saved my life. I owe you. Yeah, he goes right back into it. He's still programmed, yeah. Yeah, this is pretty this is pretty brutal, this part of the fight right here. You can see he's conflicted. But he's still trying to you know, he's he's fighting the programming more than he's actually fighting uh right. Cap. Right, so it's made I, I, I like how they've made you know, they shifted all wow. the evil to Redford and this guy is now a sympathetic character. And you want both these characters to live at this point, you know? Right. You want them to be friends again. I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, now he's going to have to get Namor to find his shield. <laughs> this is brutal. He's beating him with his robot hand. That's the hand that would... broke concrete earlier in the movie. I, I do like this scene, though. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Kiss me, you metal arm freak. <laughs> That's cool because it reminds me of the beginning yeah. of Ultimate Avengers where he falls into the ice, which I'm sure it's meant to be like yes. a, some sort of a visual callback anyway. But I'm not a big fan of slow-mo either, but they, 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 it works really That's well. That's nice. I yeah. love all the debris just falling around him. Because that's the scene we didn't get in the first movie that I'll be honest with you, I really, really wanted. And it's one of the things that kind of holds that first one back for me a little bit is I wanted the classic Cap falls in the water, in the ice, and freezes hey, look, into a Hannah's block. Daryl we... save him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we come into the splash part of the movie. John Candy <laughs> finds him on the beach. <laughs> Hey, he's a little waterlogged, but he'll be all right. Yeah. Let me just have a little lie down right here. Uh, I got to go find me a hooded sweatshirt so I can be anonymous. Now, do you think he got his shield, too? I don't know. They did. You're right. They didn't really um, address that, did they? They didn't address the shield. Yeah, I'm curious about that, how that's going to play out. If they'll answer that, because the next thing, the next project's Avengers. And, you know, all of the characters for the Avengers are left in weird places at the end of all of the uh, the phase two films. So I'm very curious how they're going to pull all that together. Because hell, Tony Stark didn't even have any armors left. Of course, that's that's a simple fix. But, you know, they're all in kind of a weird place. 
I wonder if they saw a spike in the uh, sales for that uh, for, the, for that Harvard soundtrack. Song. Well, oh. the song is actually on the soundtrack, it's but it. I wonder if the 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 soundtrack to Trouble Man overall saw any bumps at all. I like oh, that. Oh, almost definitely. It's a good song. I don't know that I ever heard it before this movie. Uh, you're pretty much safe with any Marvin Gaye song. Marvin Gaye was really good. She's cute. At first, when I first saw that, I thought she was, uh, it was Black Widow, and I'm like, why is Black Widow practicing target practice? Right. She gets plenty of that, and just normally. Stern's going to jail. Yeah, here's uh, Crossbones getting set up right here. I don't know if that's part of his shtick in the comics that he's actually scarred under that outfit or not. I really don't. I don't know that much about him other than I just think he's a cool bad guy. Padme, is she all right? <laughs> is she alive? And he goes on to star in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I think the quote on his uh, grave on his yeah, tombstone just, is from Pulp Fiction, actually. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, it is. And he made the reference in Pulp Fiction. Do you ever see Pulp Fiction? He made the reference that he was going to, you know, when he retired, he was just going to wander the earth. Hmm. No, I have not seen that. His character in Pulp Fiction had two eyes, though, so that pretty much <laughs> that theory. Although that would be really cool if they could retcon Nick Fury into Pulp Fiction. <laughs> I love this. This, this. She basically pulls a Tony Stark. <laughs> right. Just like, whatever, guys. Yeah. <laughs> then arrest me. Why hadn't I thought of sunglasses before? So much more comfortable than that stupid sweaty eye patch. <laughs> you ever worn an eye patch? I don't know why you would... We. You remember, you remember Vargas yeah, Pike. Yeah, back, back in my pirate days, I wore one. Yeah. <laughs> Vargas Pike. Well, you say R enough, you know. <laughs> Vargas Pike, you know, our, our one-eyed buddy there, when when on stage, he used to wear an eye patch. <laughs> my other one-eyed buddy. And and he was telling us one day, oh, you don't know how hard it is to wear an eye patch. And we were like, all right, dude, we'll all buy eye patches and wear them at the next show. Everyone... <laughs> We all put our eye patches on. Everyone had tore their stupid eye patch off within like five minutes, and we're just like, "Get this thing off me!" Ah, oh, they were so awful. Yep, hooded sweatshirt. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> He'd look like a homeless guy, except he's wearing like eight hundred dollars <laughs> worth of clothes. I was, I was just thinking that. If if it wasn't for the like two hundred dollar, you know. Sh- Shaven haircut and you know eight hundred dollar bomber jacket. If you do get caught up on Agents of Shield, he does pop up uh, looking essentially like this on that show. Though. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. Getting Samuel L. Jackson to appear on a TV show. Yeah, that's some dedication. Samuel L. Jackson is one of the smartest actors I gotta say in the world. He he doesn't just like. He isn't just thinking of his career. He knows his fans, and and he doesn't let them down, <laughs> which is... I just just great. realized that Cap's look right here reminds me a lot of Luke Skywalker at the end of the first movie. Yeah. 
So I wonder if they're going to follow this up right here because this leaves it looking like, you know, the next movie is going to go right into, you know, Cap and Falcon looking for Bucky. for the Winter Soldier. I wonder if that's really going to be the case or not. I, you know, I wouldn't be very think curious. so because they don't seem to like to do. They like to continue stuff. But that, you know, to have that be the story of the next movie is almost too continuous. They they try to also make them sort of their own, you know, with their right. own bad guy and their own thing. Uh, that might be a good that might be a good premise for the Black Widow movie too. Yeah. But from what I'm hearing though, oh, Russo, that was it. Yeah, Anthony and Joe Russo. From what I hear, now I don't know about the writing team, but that director team is going to do the next one, the Civil War movie, the third cap movie. So I wonder, I wonder if they are going to, you know, use any of that for the for the next storyline. These are some fantastic end credits, I might add. Oh, yeah. People, I this, love the music. This is an art that's coming back now. Yeah. A lot of it due to the to the Marvel movies, although other movies have been doing it. The 60s, you know, produced. It's it's it's. I think there was a time period where something like this was considered cheesy. Right. You know, and like, and then it sort of came back. You know, people would see the 60s movies with beginnings like this and go, like, you know what? That's kind of cool. And it gets you. Yeah. Oh, it's very Bond movie like. Bond movie, Pink Panther. Yeah. You know, just that sort of thing. Except it's funny that they throw this at the end. You know, this would have right. put this at the beginning too, and it would have been just as cool. But it's neat at the end because it's a nice little recap of, so to speak, <laughs> right? of everything. You get little references to to everything in it. I'm really so it looks glad like that... <laughs> I'm really glad that uh, Falcon's going to oh, be Oh, that's right. He played projects. Punisher, didn't he? In Who? Movie. Grillo? Didn't Grillo no. play Punisher in a movie? No. No. No, the guy that was Punisher in Warzone is the same guy that's playing... Um, no, no, I mean like in one of the Punish... I guess he... I... Not that I'm aware of. No, you know what I'm thinking of? He was in the sequel to... He was great. He was in the sequel to um, The Purge. Mm. Second Purge movie, and he was awesome in it. This geeked me out big time this, with uh, Baron Strucker. I was just like, oh, yes. It's not until Guardians of the Galaxy that I get a Marvel tag ending that means much to me, that made, made me get the nerd boner. This this one was completely Greek to me. I the only Nazi that would make me happier than Baron Strucker showing up <laughs> is Baron Zemo. And supposedly we're, that you got we're going this. to get Baron Zemo in the next movie. Is That's the rumor anywhere and or anyway, and I'm really excited about that. But this is pretty it's cool. It's great I, that you're just excited. You're excited for there being Nazis in the next movie so we can see him get the shit beat out of him. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, that's who Cap should be fighting is yeah. Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that they're, you know, they're pulling the trigger on that. They're bringing classic Captain America Nazi supervillains into these movies. I just think that's great. See, the, I was sitting in the theater listening to the audience go, ooh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, I, no idea. You don't know who they are? No. I do now. But I That's didn't. Quicksilver I, and the Scarlet Witch. I didn't. I didn't when I watched it. 
And it got even more confusing when Quicksilver showed up in X-Men, which is our next one after this. Two different franchises. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be very curious how they're going to pull off Quicksilver in in Avengers 2 because, man, they've got some serious, uh, you know, they've got something to live up to because Quicksilver in Days of Future Past was, I mean, that that was the best part of the whole movie. That was the, that was the set, yeah, the great set piece of the whole movie. Yep. That, oh, I really I like that movie, but boy, they could have had a lot easier job if they brought Quicksilver on a lot more missions. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to talking about that one. That should be a lot of fun. This one was fun, though. I, I, I enjoyed it. I do dig this movie quite a bit. I really do. I don't know. I might like it better than the first movie in, in a lot of ways. It's hard to say. They're very to... different movies. Yes. They're very, very different movies. I, I hope none of the comments that I made about it gives the impression that either I didn't like it or, or anything like that, because I do. I, I liked it a lot. It's just I, I still maintain that I, I wish it was further down the road for Captain America movies. I, I wish this was like the third movie of, you know, of of a trilogy or something like that, because I think it would just play that much better. But as it stands, I, I do dig the hell out of it. Just the fact that they gave me you know, Arnim Zola again, and the way they pulled that, I just, you know, that, that forgives any other sins that the movie might have committed, in, in my opinion, because that, I wanted it so bad and was convinced there's no way, hey, Lee Majors the second worked on this. Huh. I was just not, I, I did not believe that that was going to be possible, and the fact that they pulled it off, I was just such a happy nerd. I thought that was awesome. I was really, I, I was totally down with that. Well, I think if I like this one better, it's just because the first one had the had the origin thing going for it, you know? Right. So this one dispenses with that and and its story from begin story and action from beginning to end. Not that the other one was slow by any means at all. No, no, I thought it was very good. I, the weird thing about the first one, to me, is. It has two things going on simultaneously that on the surface sound like they're contradictory, but see if you follow me. I, f- I feel like the movie goes too long. Like it's like it's just, I don't know, like 20 minutes, maybe uh-huh. even like a half an hour too uh-huh. long. But on the flip side, it also runs out of, out of time at the end because the whole revival thing, which is, I'll be honest with you, after a certain point in that movie, I'm, I was kind of like ready for them to fast forward to present day and do the whole cap reviving in the modern day thing. And that is so shoehorned in at the end of the movie that it bothers me because for one, it's not the classic one. It's not the Avengers finding cap and you know him being in a block of ice and all that sort of thing. Why John Byrne is not mentioned here pisses me off. I have no idea why, but he really Steve should Cohen be. is in there. Yep. Also, Roger Stern should be mentioned as well. Um, but anyway, you know, so they do it, you know, the way they did it and everything. But it's it's so weird. It's so brief and and, and it very much feels just kind of tacked on, almost like it's part of a different movie mm-hmm. that it, it's just kind of weird. I, I wish they'd gone with the much more traditional, uh, you know, Cap and Bucky you know, diffusing a bomb and and Cap gets thrown into the ice kind of thing from the comics, especially if they were going to end up bringing Bucky back as the Winter Soldier because that's the story in the comics. So, I don't know. 
Another that would I think ultimately that would have worked really well because if the rumors are true that the villain in the next film is going to be Baron Zemo, then that would all work very nicely because in the comics, Cap and Bucky were on a mission to stop this bomb that that Zemo was setting off or, or he was behind it somehow, and they jump onto the bomb and they ride it you know into the sky. And Cap realizes he can't defuse it, so he lets go. And he tells Bucky, hey, let go or whatever. And it turns out that Bucky can't let go. Somehow he's like snagged on it or something. And the bomb goes off. And then that's when Cap gets thrown into the ice, believing that Bucky died. And then the whole Winter Soldier thing comes about because Bucky didn't die, but his arm did get blown off. And the Russians find him and turn him into a, you know, the, their weapon and everything. So if they had gone with that storyline for these films, if they're, you know, like I say, they're really going to use Zemo, then even though Bucky's back, it still gives Cap a reason to hate Zemo because of everything Bucky that said, happens to Bucky. Yeah. So I'm very curious. You know, I'm, I'm delighted that they're going to use Zemo, but I'm very curious. How are they going to sell they, that? What's going to yeah. be the motivation for them to be adversaries you know, that you're going to actually buy them being adversaries. I'll be curious what they do in that. <laughs> so now there's not a Captain America in their display. That's funny. thought this was a good scene as I well. I forgot that there was even a, the, the scene again after it. Yeah, well, this is where he's at this point. He's put, put, putting it together. You, you get that. That screechy thing again. I really, really, really like Henry Jackman, but I'm torn about this soundtrack. Because I, I really like his stuff. But this is this is a weird soundtrack because it works really Very well percussive. in the movie. But yeah, listening to it on its own, Capital Return and Avengers Age of Ultron. Can't wait. Cannot wait. But listening to it on its own as the as the album, the commercial album that they've released so far, it's it's a very disjointed listen because for one thing, it goes constantly loud, quiet, loud, quiet, yes. loud, quiet. But also, yes. there's a lot of that really screechy per percussive stuff it's in there. Very that, harsh. Yeah, it's, it's a little off putting. It's, it's mixed very harshly, very high end, and yeah, it's high not end of the easy listening. <laughs> yeah, it's there's not a lot of low end to it. It's a lot of it's very high end. I I know because I was. Um, just in and it's funny we haven't put out the show yet but we're doing this in a hurry so i actually have the backbone of this episode edited so i had to edit some of the music and i was having really uh, it was really fun music to edit for the beginning when you put sound bites and stuff in because of right it goes really loud and then quiet you have a spot for but i, I remember listening to it going this isn't like flowing. This isn't the kind of soundtrack music I'm going to listen to while I'm working on something, you know, as right. music at all. It make me want to claw my eyes out, which I, I like music playing. like that, but not. It, it, yeah, it works well with visuals attached to it. There's one of the positions that uh, I occasionally work at work where I can play music. Uh, in my workplace and you know I, I pretty much just listen to either soundtracks or Disney music all the time it's just kind of my default is always listening to one of the two 
And I was playing this at work one day and somebody walked in and I was like, what the hell are you listening to? Because it was at one of those Winter Soldier parts where it's just all that screechy stuff, you know? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, it's Winter Soldier. And they were like, yeah, I don't know about that. So. This is what my dream <laughs> sounded like last night. <laughs> Keep them on their toes. But uh, we'll be talking, you know, strangely enough, in our in our next commentary, I'll be bringing up uh, Henry Jackman yep. as a subject again, because yep. uh, sadly, he did not score the next film that we're going to talk about, but he did. Days of Future Past, but he had scored uh, X-Men First Class. Which and that's sort of uh, what got you into him, isn't it? It's Yeah, most definitely. That was the score I discovered him with, and uh, it's... It's one of those things that lends into my overall opinion of Days of Future Past, so I'm uh, I'm anxious to talk about that. That'll be next time. Though. That'll be next week. A lot to talk about on that one for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to it, though. Really looking forward to it. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two true freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this.